Now, Norvum apologized, but when people still wanted him to step down, he had a change of heart and of memory. Last night, I finally had a chance to sit down and look at the photograph in detail. Um, <laughs> it is definitely not me. I am very sorry for what I did. Oh, you still want me to resign? I mean, I did not do it. When the governor said that, I was picturing, okay, end of a long day. Finally, I've been busy all day long. <laughs> Sit down in my easy chair, get out my glasses, the book, proper lighting. Let me take a look at this. I right. mean, just that's right. hilarious. Wait a minute. That's not me. <laughs> I mean, that's hilarious. It's the only thing you've been hunkering down and talking about all day long. The idea that that night you got around to finally taking a look at the picture. Is it, how You're st- not buying that? You're a cynical man. How stupid do they think we are? Poor man was busy. Busy uh, practicing his moonwalk. Please welcome to the Armstrong and Getty Show, Deborah J. Saunders, White House correspondent, uh, correspondent for the Las Vegas Review uh, Journal. Uh, I see in your resume, Deborah, you have a, a, a degree in Greek and Latin. Very impressive. I, I did not know that about you. I, I, I do. Do you don't often, get to use it as much as I used to? Do you often speak Latin to Latinos? Is, is, is no. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Having put that aside, the uh, the unfortunate, the really tragic at its heart story of the Virginia governor and now the lieutenant governor is the gift that just keeps on giving. Uh, the the latest. Can you moonwalk? Is the question. <laughs> I cannot moonwalk, but I, I can watch a press conference. And was that Saturday press conference? With Ralph Northam, one of the most amazing things you have ever seen. It was, but it would have been even better if his wife would have kept her trap shut. <laughs> so he would have moonwalked. <laughs> Let him moonwalk. Right. So now he, he's been abandoned by absolutely everybody, but he refuses to resign. Meanwhile, the Democratic Party is, is quite uh, overjoyed at the idea of the, the young lieutenant governor, who's an African-American fellow, uh, gaining the helm and being a bright new star in politics. But then he's accused of a... Uh, 14, 15-year-old sexual assault. So are you following that aspect of it? Sure, and that's interesting because uh, Justin Fairfax, the lieutenant governor, he's African-American. He's a Democrat, so Democrats can call on Northam to go, knowing that he will be replaced by a Democrat. Uh, But, you know, the Washington Post looked at this story in 2017 and couldn't find any corroboration and didn't run it. So... I think he's in pretty solid ground to say this is not a good story and to fight back on it. Uh, Ralph Northam, of course, the governor of Virginia, as far as I know right now, um, he he basically had admitted that he was one of the two people in that photo. Do, do, do you guys have a consensus? Was he the man in blackface or the man in the KKK hood? Well, what do you think? Have you seen the picture out today of him as a young man wearing the same pants as the guy in blackface? <laughs> yeah. Now, those those pants were in style back then, so he could have owned the same pants. Yeah, no wacky check okay. pants, but, but they sure look like the same pants. <laughs> so, so you can see how he got that mixed up for when he was moonwalking. But, so, so anyway, <laughs> so, he, so after admitting that that he had been in the picture. He comes out and says he wasn't. And people are supposed to believe that. It was just one of those crazy press conferences where you you can't believe someone's saying that and actually with a, you know, with a straight face saying, oh, yeah. that, no, it was, it, that wasn't him. It was bizarre so, and, and hilarious. Well, yeah, my main thing to take, take away, because I don't think he's a racist, and, and I don't think many people do think he's a racist, but he clearly is a dope. I mean, the way he handled the whole thing, he probably shouldn't be the governor of a state. 
Um, well, yeah, because I think if he had come out and said, boy, I'm so embarrassed that I was that much of a jerk in, in 34 years ago, and we thought that was funny, and we were so wrong and incredibly insensitive, that's not who I am, I think there'd be a lot of people who, were, who would be uh, saying, forgive the guy, uh, that's not who he is. You know, we have a statute of limitations in this country, but instead he comes up with this fantastic story that it's that after admitting that it was a photo, you know, with him in it, saying that it wasn't, that there's just there's nothing left to defend. Well, he's hired some people that are uh, facial recognition experts to try to nail down. No, that'll that'll settle it. So, listen, I'm sorry. I've got to go back to uh, Lieutenant Governor Fairfax just for a moment. Uh, I will tell you this. The WAPO decided they did not have enough. Well, they couldn't get anybody to back it up and and didn't see fit to run the story. And fair enough. On the other hand, the uh, the ha- hardcore hashtag Me Too part of the Democratic Party that has been howling at us to believe the victims in all circumstances, the accusers, is going to keep howling that. And Republicans who will delight in joining that chorus will remind the Democrats of what they were yelling during the Kavanaugh hearings. So I don't think this one's nearly uh, done, but we'll, I, we'll find I, out. You make a great point. And here's the other. And, and Donald Trump uh, tweeted over the weekend, what happened to the opposition research team that worked for Ed Gillespie, the Republican candidate for governor in 2017? What were they asleep or something? They didn't look at all, the, all his yearbooks. They didn't and, notice and the, the wa- pants. In the, wa- the Washington Post, the Washington Post sent uh, reporters all over the South to dig up dirt on Republican candidates, right? And they missed this in their own backyard. So I, if you want to say that there's a double standard here, you won't get a disagreement from me. Well, uh, well, there are there there are national implications here. It's the only reason for me to care. I mean, I don't care who's the governor of Virginia, and my guess would be that 50% of the people in Virginia don't care because they probably didn't even vote. So there aren't that many people who really care who the governor is. But the national implications, there's two theories out there that the Democrats on a national level turned on this guy. Either one, they didn't like his really out there abortion stuff last week, and they don't want him making trouble for him. Or they want to have their hands completely clean on race stuff, because if he gets to say, I've reformed, I've changed, they can't go as hard after Trump as they'd yeah, like to. Yeah, Al, Al Franken of blackface. Exactly. You have to have a zero tolerance policy so you can really, really go hard after Trump. Do you do you buy any of that? Yes, I think that's exactly what it is. That there are people who just people who had endorsed him, who threw him under the bus instantly, and so you're absolutely right about that. They they are so into proving how pure they are that that they don't they don't even care what you have to say. Now, after he talked, that's a different story. Uh, he dug his own grave, but uh, yeah, they're just. They're just being uh, really out there to show how 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 clean they are, and I just don't think it's gonna. I don't think it's gonna redound well to their benefit. Boy, and everybody got reminded, I think, in the last uh, three four days of that governor's race. If you're following it at all, when somebody on uh, behalf of his campaign ran that horrible ad accusing his opponent, Ed Gillespie, who I don't like at all, but was a Republican of being a racist. Nobody thinks he's a racist. Well, practically and, accused him of, like, mounting up a death mobile and chasing children of color through the streets. Yeah, the TV ad was a, was a, was a redneck in a, in a pickup with racist bumper stickers chasing kids of color around town and them not being able to sleep at night because they were so afraid of Ed Gillespie. That's I mean, reprehensible. So really played the race card in an ugly, ugly way. It's, it's not good on any level. So, so it just breaks your heart to see that Ralph Northam is right. now in the receiving end of this, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Deborah Saunders, White House correspondent for the Las Vegas Review-Journal, is hey, on the line. 
I'm wondering how much you know about this. A story that's out today. Who's got it? The Poster, the Times, one of them. Uh, out with Trump's schedule and claiming he uh, he's he's uh, he's a part-time president and spends most of his day sitting on the bed watching TV. Do you know much about Trump's schedule? No. In fact, <laughs> they they put out guidance every day and they barely tell you anything. And this new schedule that came out gives more details, and it shows that basically something we all pretty much suspected, which is that Donald Trump spends his mornings watching television, talking on the phone, and tweeting, and, you know, something we pretty much knew. Communicating with the American people, Deborah. Go on. (laughs) You know, I spend 60% of my time watching the news (laughs) on the Internet and doing social media, so I am not one to judge on that. No, and I just, I remember, because I've I've mentioned this already, I saw Bob Woodward years ago talking about how presidents have way more free time than you would guess. And I'm just wondering if Trump has a similar amount of free time or if he is actually... Our first uh, leisure president. (laughs) I don't know the answer to that. (laughs) I do think he spends a lot more time watching television than any previous president has. I just think that he is... Uh, consumed with knowing how to do things. And, you know, I mean, he, he really cares about production values. And he will watch television and he'll decide how something is framed. I mean, he, he cares about that. And, of course, what is usually the subject of what he's watching? He is. And Donald Trump thinks he's the best show in the world. So if he can watch himself on TV, he's going to do it. Well, I think I could make a pretty good argument that the way the, the way politics and the media works now, you, get, you, you ought to do that. Figure out right. how the nation is taking this in and, and figure out how you're going to craft it to your sure. benefit. Messaging, et cetera. Yeah. yeah. In the uh, limited time we have, uh, Deborah, I would like to uh, ask you, because uh, you know this, we've long believed that the State of the Union address has become weirdly monarchical and it's a list of things that will never happen and it's just an exercise that's kind of past its prime. But what is your thought on decorum this evening? Do you think it will turn ugly? Heckling, counter-heckling, that sort of thing. The only way it doesn't turn ugly is if Democrats decide that they're not going, they're just going to sit stone-faced through most of it. Well, who's got the power to make them do that? Nobody. Nobody. Nobody has that. Oh, power. this is going to be good. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> you, you really teed this up, then. I just don't understand why he was so anxious to make this speech. Because we still have not guaranteed there will not be another shutdown. And we know what's going to happen. We know that he's going to go in there and he's going to talk uh, about comedy, as Kellyanne's told a group of reporters when we were standing outside yesterday, C-O-M-I-T-Y, in case we didn't know how to spell it. And, you know, he's going to be talking about reaching out and getting along across the aisle, not something he's been known for for the last two years. Or or as anybody else at this point, really. Yeah, absolutely not. And, I mean, there are also a lot of Republicans there who feel let down by what happened with having this five-week shutdown that didn't yield anything that they wanted. Mm. So it's going to be an interesting night. If a segment of Nancy Pelosi's crew boos him, he goes off script and says something, you know, people punch me, I'm a counterpuncher, that whole thing. It could, it could, it could get off the rails fast. So, so here's a question to watch for. Does he mention Ralph Northam? Mm. Uh, so I was talking to someone, that was like, of course he's going to mention Ralph Northam. You know he is. Well, this is In what really capacity? Hey, that was some it. Halloween outfit, huh? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who's with me? <laughs> Maybe he moonwalks his way to the, uh, the podium there. I don't know. Hey, how do, what do you think of this, Ralph? Uh, Deborah J. Saunders, White House correspondent for the Las Vegas Review Journal. Deborah, it's always uh, very kind of you to spend a few minutes with us. Thanks. 
it's fun. All right, we'll Thank talk you. later. Yeah. All right, bye-bye. That's, uh, bye-bye. that's good stuff. She's terrific. If you don't read her coverage of the uh, White House, you're making a mistake. Um, oh, right. Uh, the president wants to make the speech tonight because you look like a king. Sure. Because you look like the most powerful person in the world. And your ratings usually go up after the State of the Union. Right. right. So, yeah, that's why he wants to make it. I get that he's walking into a, uh, you know, a snake pit. I think he would think, and he might be right, they want to bring it down to the level of a street fight, rhetorically speaking. That's my game. I think he feels like he, he's better off in that situation. Betcha dollar. He actually turns around and addresses Nancy Pelosi directly. Well, you don't care about people sneaking in over the border and committing murders, do you? Then build a wall. No, build a wall. And he's got a microphone and she doesn't. <laughs> I know how that works from a radio standpoint. Well, I think she does, though. Can she, she turn it on? I don't know. Well, yeah, she's sitting in the speaker's seat. That'd be awesome. Or whatever the temporary <laughs> throne is they built. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, I don't. No, I didn't. Oh, boy. You're a racist. You're an idiot. Oh, boy, that's awesome. Oh, boy. Text line 415-295-KFTC. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the of, nation. Of the nation. can I say about the Super Bowl that hasn't already been written on Adam Levine's torso? (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty funny. I want to see the continuing meme of fat guys with their home state tattooed across their belly. Or just written in marker. (laughs) That is hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Tennessee! Big fat guy. Illinois! (laughs) Um... Adam Levine, the lead singer of Maroon 5, famously has California tattooed across his incredibly fit abs. If you're really into the tattoos for whatever reason. Uh, it's body art, Jack. It's art. You against art? Once you're filled up, is that like a real, ah, now what do I do? I mean, it's got to be a weird you feeling. Work when you up f- your neck, onto your face, do your ears, drop your pants. I guess that's all that's left. The soles of your feet. Eyeballs. Oh, boy. I'm going to put me under for that. Eyeballs. You know what I mean? I get the sense that people who are really into tattoos, there's some sort of... um, Some people think it's an addiction for some. Uh, You you get something from it. Yeah. And and when your enthusiasm becomes an addiction, is you know, in the eye of the beholder, I guess. And when you're full and you're still quite young... Right. Like, if I'm 25 and I'm completely filled up from my waist up, that's got to yeah. be a, a, a... Now what do I do? It's got to be a disappointment, I would think. Well, if, if you're just, for whatever reason, just yearning for the, the feel of the needle on your skin, you can, you can just get your tattoos touched up and kind of recolored. Mm. And st- like okay. if, if, if there's that sort of pull, I would imagine. Mm. Uh, I'll just read you this first sentence. Uh, it's pretty good. Man found dead in Great Smoky Mountains National Park was killed by methamphetamine overdose, not the bear that was found eating his body, authorities <sighs> say. Don't do drugs, kids. Wow, don't do drugs, bears. I hope the, <laughs> is the bear all wired? So he's, just, he's just walking around. That, man, I could use some berries right now. I just, I, oh, man, he's just walking back and forth. 
not really hungry, but I just, I just, I just chattering at the other bears. The bears are who we thought they were. Hey, dude, what's up with you? Calm down. Speaking of drugs that are bad for you, cigarettes, which uh, some doctors call the deadliest artifact in human history. Well, Hawaii's got an interesting idea. I don't know if there's any competition. I don't think there is either. I mean, because, like, a virus isn't an artifact in human history. Introducing a bill in Hawaii that would slowly raise the minimum wage at which people can buy cigarettes, uh, starting, it's a... T- 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 it's one of six states whose uh, minimum age has already been raised to 21. So you can huh. vote. You can fight. You can fight in the army, but you can't buy a cigarette until you're 21. But they're raising the age to 30 with this bill. Then it would 30? Go, then it would go up to 40, 50, 60, until it gets to 100. What, like during after a certain amount of time? You after mean? a certain amount of time. Huh. By 2024, real, real soon, by 2024, the hmm. minimum age for smoking would be 100. That's five years from now. Well, they're going to go by big jump, big jumps. Wow. So the minimum age, it goes 40, 50, 60, then 100. You'd have to be 100 years old before you could purchase cigarettes. And at that point, who cares? <laughs> go ahead. Yeah. Smoke them if you got them. Just, just stand over in the corner over there. <laughs> What's coming wow. up your news, Marshall? Well, just ahead of the so too, President Trump is on a Twitter tear, and we've got the connection between tequila and your weight coming up. Did you know that aloha means both hello and goodbye, Marshall? Thank I you did. for that. I did. Yes, there was a Beatles Boy, song that, that uh, referred to just that. just fantastic. That's what I'm here for. Oh, tidbits. <laughs> You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. I find the lack of coverage this week of Howard Schultz running for president interesting. I think I know why. Maybe we can talk about that later. But uh, he's he's fallen off a cliff in terms of coverage because he didn't say things that the mainstream media likes. <laughs> I think is the biggest problem. Uh, let's get the news now, Marsha Phillips. Well, just ahead of tonight's State of the Union, President Trump is up and tweeting about the latest caravan. Tweeting, quote, tremendous numbers of people are coming up through Mexico in the hopes of flooding our southern border. We have sent additional military. We will build a human wall if necessary. And if we had a real wall, this would be a non-event. Meanwhile, you got a source close to Trump telling NBC News the president is not expected to declare a national emergency at the border during tonight's so-to because it will likely draw a swift court challenge from Democrats. Right. Although, you know, if you're going to go into the politics of it, if indeed the president does what uh, many of his voters want him to do in defiance of Congress's lethargy, and then the courts, some, you know, they'll find some federal judge in Hawaii or or, or Nevada or, or Washington State or something. One federal judge will put a kibosh on the national uh, policy. Right. You know, politically speaking, that still works for the sure. president. Sure, in so terms well. of border security, which I actually think he cares about, it doesn't help. Speaking but politically, of, it does. Speaking of Hawaii, which we mentioned is going to raise the smoking age right. to 100. Did you know the state fish of Hawaii is the humu humu nuku nuku apua'a? I didn't. It is. Uh, they're proposing it. They haven't pulled it off yet. I don't yeah. know if it's constitutional. What, the state fish thing? No. The idea of raising the smoking <laughs> oh, age to yes. 100. I was say, it's definitely the state fish. Yeah. We got this text. I'm now picturing 50-year-olds standing outside liquor stores trying to get 100-year-olds to buy them cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's very good. Well played. Well played, my friend. 
<laughs> White House Press Secretary Sarah Sanders said the theme for this year's speech is choosing greatness. Choosing greatness, I think you're going to see an incredible speech by the president, a visionary speech. The president's going to lay out some of the great successes that we've had over the last two years. Well, oh you know, I, I, I didn't realize it was going to be great and visionary. I was getting cynical about yep. it, but now I'm watching. I'm not, oh my Godding Trump, I'm oh my Godding the State of the Union address. Yeah. It will it will happen, it will discuss, be discussed greatly for 24 hours, nobody will ever think about it again in their lives. It has no impact on anything. It will have a half-life, roughly the same as uh, Adam Levine's abs and uh, Maroon 5 at the Super Bowl. Right. By the weekend, we'll be over it. Well, I- it, unless it turns ugly. Which I'm kind of hoping for and kind of hoping not. Right, right. A lot of buzz already about who is bringing whom to the so too. Who will have what guests and what will people be wearing? Trump's guests will be will be sitting with the first lady. They will include Anna Marie Johnson, the 63 year old woman whose life sentence for drug offenses was commuted by the president, and Joshua. Good, good effort at something Democrats will have to stand up and cheer for. Yeah, you did stuff with prison reform. Okay. Yeah, but what about the wall? (laughs) That'll be it, exactly. (laughs) No money for the wall. And Joshua Trump, a sixth grader from Delaware who said he was bullied because of his last name. Those are two of the guests. And and you got to cheer a little kid. You can't cheer, you can't be happy a little kid got bullied. So that's two pretty good cross the aisle people have to cheer. Although, on the insufferable and unwatchable CNN this morning, they were debating that point with Kellyanne Conway saying, well, the president needs to apologize for his own cyberbullying and they went back and forth right. and it was incredibly annoying and at no point did <laughs> Kellyanne Conway say the obvious we're talking about a child alright it's a child now Dem- he is like a little baby that's right sir but a little older only the president gets to introduce people but the Democrats have invited air traffic controllers yep. who were affected by the shutdown right. and also a mother and child separated at the border yep. And, and there was one more pathetic uh, human that, that they were Alex Baldwin. <laughs> no, no, more no, pathetic no. than that. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez inviting the woman who uh, confronted Jeff Flake in the elevator. That's it. Yep. That's wow. the one. A screeching extremist who uh, uh, shouted at a senator. Excellent. And yep. he stupidly stood there and listened and changed his mind on it. Yep. Right. That's... Which just uh, subjected the country to another few days of anger and, and, and uselessness. All that coming down during Jeff the... Flake. During you and your the... bent nose, get out of town. Is he out yet? <laughs> Is he gone yes. yet? Is he back in Arizona? He's going to run. I think he's going to oh, run for president. Please. <laughs> he's uh, got a book and a tan and everything. Oh, no. Turns out that drinking tequila might be able to help you lose weight. I need something. The American Chemical oh, Society discovered... If I drink tequila, you look like you have lost weight. <laughs> the American Chemical Society discovering sugars found in the agave plant that makes tequila can help lower blood sugar. Hmm. The researchers discovered that mice who drank water containing these <laughs> called Agavins now I'm less... obligated to do my drunk mouse imitation, Marshall. <laughs> I really wasn't mentally prepared for that. The mice ate less overall and had lower blood sugar levels than mice who had not consumed them. They believe that the agavins can uh, in turn help people who have type 2 diabetes or ones who are struggling with weight loss issues. Who wants to do a shot? No. <laughs> don't, don't be a baby. Let's do a shot. <laughs> So you started the show with an exclamation about your own weight. Yes. Yes. It's shocking. I just, ah! Yeah, I just... Uh, 
Well, you know, I got my super uh, custom uh, aftermarket surgically repaired hip. You do and, have a good excuse. And Well, and I went too far. Uh, I started to think I was superhuman last week, and I just I overdid it. And it was kind of sore, and I had to rest for several days. And those days of rest coincided with the uh, pizza loss to overcoming me and several bad eating decisions. And I gained more weight than you think a human being could in the space of three days. Now, with your customized hip, what with the spinners and the LED lights, right. do we know <laughs> right. if it's... Weight to weight of what they replaced. Oh, yeah. Are, Are you, you carrying her? around like two more pounds in your hip? I uh, was hoping I would for ass- that. I would I, assume so. That's we, what I would do. We received an email from somebody who, who said that, oh, yeah, yeah, it's like eight pounds. And uh, so I asked my doctor about that. And uh, and uh, Dr. Sauce, as he's known, uh, <laughs> Dr. Paul uh, started laughing yeah. because the modern hip implant is ounces. Okay. I mean, it's titanium and ceramics. So it's are extremely you, light. Is it actually lighter than it's your own It's probably a straight-up swap. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so that's not the... Listen, I'm a man who wolfed down like four and a half pounds of pizza. There's no need to, 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 to sweat over what various surgical implants. <laughs> Do you think that played a role? <laughs> All right. The pizza? <laughs> All right. Hey, I'm trying to hit some sort of bottom where I'll just, like, be so disgusted with myself that I'll get my act together. <laughs> Is that a new shirt? Uh, yes, from it's, Target. It's a good-looking shirt. It's a very nice shirt. Was it purchased because it's a little more roomy? No. Uh, you know why it was purchased? It's purchased because we have baby goats living in our laundry room, and I just keep buying more clothes because oh I can't do laundry. <laughs> Oh, boy. So I keep buying socks, underwear, and shirts until finally I get the laundry what? room back so I can do laundry. Why are there baby goats in your laundry That's room? That's a good question. That's <laughs> <laughs> right. your is, is, is there some sort of territorial dispute? Or is it, <laughs> I mean, do you need, like, Clint Eastwood to make it safe for you farmers because the ranchers are taking over? Are you being or? overpowered by the goats? They, I think four were born at once, and the mom was only feeding two, which happens sometimes. So bottle feeding the other two, and they're living in the laundry room. So... I don't want to step over the urine and feces to get to the laundry machine, so I just buy new clothes mm. until they leave the laundry room. You know, mm. they can stand out in the rain. They don't have to be inside. Right. That'd be my opinion, yes. Oh, man. If, if, <laughs> They're if, an outdoor animal. If, if there are goats in the kitchen, will you be forced to buy a McDonald's franchise? Or <laughs> so that's why I'm, that is the honest answer as to why I'm wearing a new shirt. It's a good-looking shirt. It is. That's your, that's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. <laughs> Nobody else has that answer, do they? Because there's goat, baby goats in my laundry room. That's why. The long-awaited fourth volume of your autobiography, Overcome by Goats. <laughs> you can pre-order it on Amazon right now. I'll tell you what, the joke of the day is 50-year-olds standing out liquor stores, uh, buying 100-year-olds, getting 100-year-olds to buy them cigarettes, is pretty funny. That is pretty funny. Hey, hey, how old are you? <laughs> I'm 94! Nah, never mind. <laughs> Way to go, Hawaii. Is that legal? Can you do that? I suppose you could. Uh, I doubt it'll hold up in court. Why not? It's, it's, well, it's awful. It's paternalistic and insulting and, and ridiculous. Mm. But Land of the that. free, my ass. If you have no freedom and make bad decisions, you have no freedom. Did you hear what actor Liam Neeson said? It's getting a lot of attention. Uh, just, or should he be just praised for his honesty? Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. 
Possibly breaking news. Beto O'Rourke is about to go on Oprah Winfrey's podcast. There's some speculation that he is going to announce at that time. It would be. If you were uh, to give me that information six weeks from now, it would have the same effect on me. So while it may be breaking news, it's not breaking me. <laughs> um, uh, I think Obama announced on Oprah plus podcasts are the hottest thing, and he's uh, Beto Rex really hot and happening and new and modern. So I don't know. We'll see. He's a loser. He lost his race. And uh, that like, gal who lost in Georgia, giving the response to the SOTU tonight. And if the SOTU is silly, boy, the response is, well, I'm done talking about it. Goats in the Kitchen, a new movie, a sequel to either Ghosts in the Machine or Snakes on a Plane or something. <laughs> Goats in the Kitchen. Um, so this It's story's... like those fabulous Beethoven movies with the big slobbering dog. <laughs> but get this, with goats. That's my elevator pitch. I'm, I'm not following you. <laughs> Um, so this story is getting a lot of attention. Movie actor Liam Neeson, who I thought was just a pretend tough guy in movies, thought he was an actor. Apparently, he's an actual tough guy. Um, I think he tells the whole story here. Did they, Did she know who it was? No. What color were they? She said it was a black person. I went up and down areas with a cush, hoping I'd be approached. By somebody. I'm ashamed to say that. And I did it for maybe a week, hoping some black bastard would come out of a pub and have a go at me about something, you know, so that I could kill him. It took me a week, maybe a week and a half to kind of go for that. And it was horrible, horrible when I think back, but I did that. So somebody close to him got raped. He hasn't said who, for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, all he knew it was it was a black person. So he walked the streets late at night outside of pubs with a club, hoping he'd get into some sort of dust up with a black person so he could beat them to death, which is a heck of a thing to tell the world. Yeah. On a promotional interview for your movie that's coming out in about a week. <laughs> which, well, yeah, so yeah. yeah, so that's interesting, too. I don't think, I, you know, I don't know the man personally, but I don't think that's a cynical ploy for publicity, do you? How is it not? Or, you think? You're going to drop this giant bomb and it just happens to come out when you got your big movie coming out? No, this is not a, this, this will not make his movie more popular. Yeah, I don't well, know. Well, then, I, I can't he, go with you. With, with, just, with the memes coming out of uh, Taken 4 with three Ks in the Taken title of it, like th- this is not a, a, hey, let's go check out the new Liam Neeson movie. If anything, it's driving fans away but from does, it. But doesn't that show an incredible lack of self-control then? If you've got this story and you don't decide consciously whether you want to unleash it on the world, it just... You throw it out there during some stupid Entertainment Tonight interview. <laughs> so the actual context of the so the movie is he's playing a snowplow driver out for vengeance. There you go. Ooh, forget that part. But the Plowing reporter for was, justice. Yeah, something like <laughs> that. The name again is <laughs> Mister Plow. Uh, but the reporter was saying, so you know, vengeance is a this is a, a human emotion. Have you ever had those feelings? Then he goes on that story about. Right. Well, so he was asked. I don't yeah, know. You're, but that would be you're cynical. I just think is in his soul he wanted to let it out. It's an odd context. I'll but, grant you that. So but. that's got to be. I don't know his. I don't know his whole story. But I'm guessing that's in the top two or three, if not the number one dark secret he's got. Yes. In his whole life. And it comes out during an Entertainment Tonight interview? Yeah. That's something. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. 
the the rest of the interview is really interesting. He talks about you know how vengeance can chew up your soul and how unhealthy it is and how he's ashamed of that impulse and how it tore Ireland apart and the rest of it. So you know while you want to concentrate on uh, that aspect of it, I think it was a, a beautiful thing he was talking about. He walked, again, I'll grant you the context was a tad odd. He walked the streets for ten days with a club in his hand, looking for somebody to kill. That had nothing to do with the crime, just of the same race. That's a heck of a thing to say out loud. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's probably not the only person. You know, there are plenty of people of various races who, having been done terrible wrong by members of a particular race, went out looking for other people of that race. He's not the first. I wouldn't claim that. uh, Most people don't. uh... And here we are talking about it. The impulse for vengeance and... And racial understanding and the rest of it. So I remember, I think I'm glad he said it. I remember Barack Obama in his book uh, talking about he wanted to punch a guy in the face because he was white, just because he was white, which I thought was an interesting thing to say out loud. Well, you can never get an elected president having said that. Um, so speaking of justice, unless you have more to say. No, on, I don't think the, I do. On that topic, uh, major DNA co- company, testing company, is uh, announced they're sharing their uh, their information with the FBI. Family Tree DNA, an early pioneer, confirmed uh, that they have granted the FBI access to its vast trove of nearly 2 million genetic profiles. Just voluntarily, I guess. Isn't this Mark of the Beast or something? Uh, No, but it certainly is an incredibly powerful new tool for law enforcement. And and here's why. Um, Concerns about giving unfettered access to uh, the uh, the DNA information have been growing lately when police used a genealogy website to ensnare a suspect in the case of the Golden State Killer, which was decades old, and they caught a monster who had committed unspeakable wrongs against innocent people and their families for a very long time. He's truly a monster. Um, but that site, G- GED Match, was open source meaning police were able to upload crime scene DNA without permission. This is the first time a commercial testing company has voluntarily given law enforcement access to user data. And the most interesting part of this to me is a study last year estimated that only 2% of the population needs to have a DNA test done for virtually everyone's genetic information to be represented in that data. Well, that's incredible. Because, you know, you can see the family tree to a very large extent. In an individual. We're all a bunch of inbred hicks, or I don't understand how the math works on that. Well, yeah, you'd have to. Uh, classes involved in test tubes and all of it. Uh, but that, so I remember back in the day, talk radio, every once in a while, the uh, the topic would come up of a national fingerprint database. Mm-hmm. Why sure. don't we fingerprint everybody at birth at birth and put them into a national database? Then you come across the fingerprint, you just run it into the computer and you catch them. And everybody, most people, enough people that it never happened, decried that as awful. Well, now we're doing something with much more accurate and detailed than fingerprints. Well, and there is a push to take a DNA sample from all babies born. Is that happening in the California yet? I know that's been proposed over and over again. I've lost track of whether it's actually happening or not. But the, the, um, the most interesting aspect of the Orwellification of our country. I like that word. Is that the it's not that it was government mandated. Yeah, we're voluntarily com- doing it. Yeah, the, the government doesn't need to put a tracking device on you. We all voluntarily spend thousands of dollars and put it in our pockets ourselves. And we and we're volunteering our DNA to these companies right. th- with enough people saying we talk to them all the time. I don't care. I haven't done anything wrong. Right. 
So Right. Which is fine as long as you presume the government will use it for good and not ill. And the history of mankind would say you're a fool to think uh, that. Right, right. I think we're probably uh, pretty darn far down the road, though. Probably too far. Yeah. To go back. And I don't want to ruin people's day or anything like that, but... You know, I was thinking, okay, so now we are registered by our very DNA to the government. All these Everybody, they know where to find you, who you are, who your relatives are, the rest of it. Then I thought, well, I'm already registered with the government half a dozen ways, um, which is not to say I'm fine with all this stuff, but it's... Cameras everywhere. It's an amazing change in the last century, a shocking change. They know everywhere you go, everything you buy, you can't buy anything with cash, so just every transaction, the DNA, all that sort of stuff. I hope I live to be old enough to buy cigarettes in Hawaii and see how this is going to play out. <laughs> hey, I saw a featurette on uh, Bloomberg TV, I think it was, um, uh, about uh, China. It was one of the big tech uh, cities in China. And one of the young lads, he was an expat, I think he was an Aussie, he was talking about how he jaywalked the other day. And they do everything via, like, apps. You pay for everything via your apps. They don't want to see a credit card there. It's all that you scan the code and it comes out of your account immediately. So this guy jaywalks, and he didn't really realize it he got a notice that $80 has been taken out of your account as a fine for jaywalking. The facial recognition software that all their cameras everywhere in China saw him jaywalking and fined him all through the interwebs. Will we have that in the United States in my lifetime? Soonish. I'd, I'd be surprised if we don't. It's all for law and order, Jack. It's for your own good. <laughs> China! You are. Thank you, Mr. President. You are listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.